Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, let me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answered from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give to him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. some good playing, Amanda. Thank you. That was really good. It was my first time to practice the piano. I know. You're going to be up here in a little bit, aren't you? Oh, I got a question for you. What did I ask you guys to do last week? Yeah. Say a prayer in the morning. morning. All right. We got farther than some already. We remembered what the assignment was. Uh, I want you guys to be honest. Did you guys say a prayer in the morning? Some yes, some no. All right, all right. That's okay. That's okay. There is grace, if nothing else. Uh, for those of you who did say a prayer in the morning, how'd it go? Good, good. Was it hard to remember? Oh, nice. So you made a, you made a reminder for you. Some of us uh, weren't that smart, and uh, we had some hard times remembering. Yeah. At, at the morning, I always, I, I always didn't know something I did. I know it's hard to make it a part of our routine, isn't it? What did you guys uh, pray about? Just kind of say hi to God and uh, ask God to be with us. 
that's a pretty good prayer. That's a pretty good prayer. The prayer that uh, the prayer that we read just in the lesson today. Did it sound familiar? Yeah, yeah. We call it the Lord's Prayer, don't we? And it's uh, kind of well, it is a way that uh, Jesus taught us to pray, and it kind of encompasses everything. Have you guys ever thought about the different parts of the prayer? Here, we're going to run through them quickly. It starts off with uh, saying that God is blessed, God is holy, God is hallowed. That's probably a good thing to say, right? It's our way of saying, God, you're special to us. You're special even in your very own nature. Kind of like God made all you special. We go on to say that uh, we want God's will, what God wants, to be done here. We wish God would be a part of it. We ask God for our bread. We ask God for the ability to forgive, just as we forgive others. We ask God to not lead us into things that overwhelm us and to keep us safe. Does that sound like some of the same things you prayed for in your prayers? Yeah. The Lord's Prayer, even though it's really, really important, is really, really ordinary. The same things that we pray for in our prayers is prayed for there. So I got one last question for you. Why did I ask you to pray? Yes. To remember that God loves us? Yes, that is definitely at the core of it. What else? Um, because some of us don't pray very much often. Yeah, sometimes we're just out of practice with it, and it's good to get back into it. I asked you all to pray because our whole lives should be rooted in God. When I say rooted, I want you to imagine a tree. Everybody think of a tree. What kind of tree are you thinking of? Maple tree. Maple tree? Just a generic tree? Okay, tree. How deep are the roots? Very deep. Very deep. Can you pull this tree out with your hand? No. No. Does the wind pull it out? No. No. It can, it can but in a very extreme circumstance. Yes. And I got another thing about Christmas, Christmas trees. Christmas trees, too. All kinds of different trees. They're rooted. That's the same type of root I want us to have in God. We want... That's true, but we don't want to break it down, do we? We want not to be moved by anything else than God. That's why I asked you to pray in the morning. When we get up, we don't want to be pushed around by people that don't like us. We don't want to be pushed around by people who aren't good for us. We don't want to think bad things or anything else. We want to be rooted in God so that the good things that God gives us, we can find in our lives. That we can do good things too. We want to be like a tree. So, for this next week, same assignment. Except for when you're praying... Or if you remember to pray, I want you to pray that you might be rooted like a tree, or whatever words you want to use, that you might be grounded. And next week, not grounded as in bad, grounded as in good. <laughs> and next week, we'll come back and talk about it, okay? All right. Should we pray now? Yes. Let's pray. God, thank you for being here. Thank you for loving us and caring for us and keeping us. 
And we ask that this next week and throughout our lives, you might make us rooted and grounded, just like a tree. And that whatever comes, we would be near to you and close to you. And you would give us good things. Give these same good things to the whole world and be with us now. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. I brought a binder. But first I want to go over your homework and not mine. I'm trying to figure out a way of doing this confidentially. Tell me with your eyes. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work. But think to yourself, did I pray in the morning this past week? Did I engage God in the morning this past week? I see some yes and some no. <laughs> same thing. In the same way that I asked the, the kids here to pray, the children here to pray, the reason I want us to pray in the morning, at any point in the day, whatever it is, is so that we're rooted, so that we're grounded, so that our life has even the chance to be centered in God. The binder I brought is my confirmation binder from when I was a kid. This is my eighth grade binder. I wrote uh, Siebert on it in whiteout, and it looks like clear mailing tape. And it lasted a lot longer than I thought it would. I thought that was going to peel about the second week, but it didn't. In it, I have uh, the self-made curriculum that uh, Pastor Doug Meyer made for us. I got a lot of A's, and I'm proud of that. In it, I have uh, some of the word searches that we did. In it, I have my confirmation bulletin, and the reading that I was asked to do is the first reading from Acts 17. In it, I have the card that was given to me uh, with my confirmation verse from Romans 16. I am not afraid of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for all. I have a little wooden cross that was given to me. I got a a Memphis Grizzlies pencil, which is obviously old. But the reason I keep the binder is because the quote that my pastor put on the front, the very cover page of our curriculum, it's from a guy named Wangerin. I believe it's Walter Wangerin, Jr. I don't know a whole lot of his uh, theology, a whole lot of his philosophy. I believe he's a novelist. But this thing has stuck with me since the very first time I read it, and it still resonates today. At the center of our faith is Jesus. At the center of the Christian church can be nothing, nothing but Christ. At the center of our faith is Jesus. At the center of the Christian church, there can be nothing, nothing but Christ. We are the church. We are the church. Wherever the gospel is preached, 
wherever the font and the table are, there the church is. Wherever God places it, wherever God wills it, there the church is. We are part, we are the church. And at the center of our faith is Jesus, and at the center of the Christian church, there can be nothing, nothing but Christ. Today, in our text, we have kind of the beginning of the riff that I use uh, in the middle of communion to lead us into the Lord's Prayer. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Zephyr's a little bit different. Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. There's this habit and pattern and practice of teachers leading their disciples into habits of prayer, into disciplines. And in that way, they would come to know who God is and what God would will. We have this habit and pattern and practice today. A lot of us uh, have it placed in the families, right? Our mothers and our fathers, for a lot of us, taught us how to pray. Pray, And if not there, then we were taught by our friends. And if not there, we were taught by our pastors. But someone taught us to pray. And this prayer that Jesus teaches them is the one that we often teach to our children at the youngest of ages. I remember my father teaching me this uh, prayer. And um, like I imagine a lot of kids... It was both a time of learning the prayer and a time of spending uh, quality time with my dad and with my mom, and uh, there was play involved. And so, inevitably, Brad and I would get into a race to see who could say it the fastest. And dad told us to slow down. You're going too fast. And at that point, in my childlike mind, I started to remind uh, or think of a train going far too fast, and the train needed to slow down. And literally to this day, Every time I say the Lord's Prayer, I think of a train moving very quickly, and it has to slow down. Now, is that part of the faith? Yes and no. It's a part of the way that I learn the faith. It's part of the emotion that goes into teaching one another a connection to God, and it is the way, as unshaped and yet as holy as it is, that I remember that this connection with God is not simply about the words, but it's about an actual connection with God, one that can't be made if I'm going as fast as a locomotive through this thing. So I slow down whenever I think of the train. I want to ask you, if you'd like to share, that's great. If not, that's okay too, but think. How did these prayers go this past week? What was that connection like? When you pray, what are you doing? What are you seeking? Why? Guidance. Guidance. What else? Comfort. Comfort. Peace. 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 Kindness. Kindness. 
Anthony, I'm like you. I pray for my heart more often than not. connects us to the very heartbeat of our existence, to the very center of our faith. What else? When the whole of our lives are found in prayer, not just in moments, and not just in good or just in bad, not just in the extremes, when the whole of our lives are found in prayer, (coughs) we find God in the whole of our lives. In every moment and every step. A lot of us want to meet God along the journey. But we do wake up with God every day. We do have the promises of God running over our foreheads every day. Christ taught us to pray. And in the words after, in that explanation in the parable of the the man coming to the door late at night, we pray with persistence. Not because of a wish list that we have. And the things we just described are certainly not a wish list. But it's not just because of a wish list that we have, but because we want to be connected to that God that gives us good things irregardless. We want to be connected to the thing that gives us life. Remember in that first reading where Abraham said, I am but dust, right before he began to engage God on behalf of the cities? remember our confirmands, how we studied God as dust on that Wednesday evening of confirmation camp, where God continually made beautiful things at the beginning of creation out of dust. It's easy to feel as we come into prayer some days that we are but dust, that these prayers are just words that we're a little bit wasting our time, that surely God will meet us further up the road. But as you wake up, And as you take that first breath, I want you to remember that God didn't leave you as dust. God breathed the breath of life into you. God put flesh and bones in you. God made you a little bit more than dust. Every time you move and every time you speak and every time you sigh, whether that movement is wonderful and glorious or full of pain, That movement is to remind you that the God who does make good things out of dust has made you, has touched you, has counted you as one of God's own. And that is the invitation to pray. To be centered, to be grounded. 
If we are to be the church in this world, if we are to be the people of God, there can be nothing at the center of our lives. Not work, not play, not ourselves, not someone else. Nothing at the center of our lives but Christ. Now that's a tall task. But by the grace of one, it is one. By the grace of God, it is one that we can indeed accomplish. So, same assignment. So for this week, I invite you to ask God to root you like a tree. To root you just like that quote, to root you in whatever image, whatever shape, whatever foundation connects to you the most. I ask that you pray to be anchored, to be centered, to be rooted in Christ so that we might be the church together. Thanks be to God for your prayers. Thanks be to God for your hearts. Thanks be to God as God roots us as the body of Christ. Amen.